Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And I'm really pumped to open up the Word. So if you have the Word with you on your phone or if you have paperback, why don't you turn with me to Luke 17. Luke 17, and as you're finding your place... Um, This is a passage of scripture that's talking about Jesus and how he encounters 10 lepers. And they actually have a conversation. It's interesting, as I was looking at this passage, throughout our Bible, we can learn a lot from conversations. And I think it's pretty cool. So Jesus is having a conversation with these 10 lepers. And we're gonna see what happens starting in verse 11. So it says, on the way to Jerusalem, He was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Verse 14, when he saw them, he when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, everybody say, as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15, then one of them when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Verse 19, and he said to them, him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I love this story so much, but if you're taking notes this morning, I'd love to give you the, the, the title of this message, which is Don't Forget Your Stamps. Because I think in, in life, we can write a thank you card to God. We can put it in an envelope, but if we don't put a stamp on it, it never gets to the person that we're extending our thanks to. We can be thankful about a moment, but if we don't thank the source of that breakthrough, of that healing, then it's all for nothing. So let's not forget our stamps, amen? So let's pray together. Jesus, we just thank you this morning for the power of your word. I pray that as we meditate on your word together, that we would be able to write it on our hearts and that we would be able to apply it to our lives as we leave this place. Thank you that you're here, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would guide, counsel, and help us during this time so that we can grow in this attitude of thankfulness, this attitude of gratitude. So we thank you that you're blessing this time, and we look forward to how you're gonna move. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, back in 2009, I was a junior in high school. And one of the fun things that we would do when we were in high school, even in middle school, is you know eventually you'd go to a dance. And I remember, you know, throughout school, elementary school, middle school, high school, I actually went to school with my wife before we were dating, before we were married. I got to know her in high school, and she thought one day, you know, before we went to the homecoming dance, that it'd be a good idea to take me and my friend shopping. So we went shopping with them, and, you know, I was thinking, cool, maybe we'll go to the St. John's Town Center. Maybe, God bless you, maybe we'll go to, 
uh, Express. I mean, that's a cool place to get a suit, right? And I'm, I'm thinking, cool, there's so many options. You know, like men's warehouse, like we could go get a, a, a nice brand new suit. But we went to JCPenney's <laughs> instead. So, yeah, got one person that likes JCPenney's. <laughs> Praying for you. No, um, so we went to JCPenney's. And Mallory and all of her friends brought me and my friend over there. And we're, we're in the aisle where the ties are and the dress shirts and all these things. And they think it's a good idea to dress up my friend in a lime green t-shirt with a matching lime green tie. And uh, very bright and vivid. So that was my friend. And then they turned to me and they're like, oh, we know what we're going to do with you. So um, we're going to put you in like a lavender dress shirt with a black tie. So we were all about colors for some reason in 2009. I don't know what was happening. But I looked like I was getting ready to help the Easter Bunny hand out candy. Like it was a pastel purple. I don't know what we were thinking. But, you know, through all of that, we ended up getting ready. And we were excited. And we thought it would be cool to drive together. So I was with my friend in his car, and Mallory was with all of her girlfriends in her car, and we're on the road together. You know, she's in the left lane, I'm in the right lane, and we're like saying, hey, we're like dancing to music, and we thought it'd be a good idea once we got to the intersection over here at 312 and US 1 to have a dance party and like a dance-off. So they blast their music in their car. I'm looking at them. They all start dancing. The car's like shaking. I'm like, oh my goodness. And then I'm like, cool. So this is a competition. So turn up your music, bro. And we're like dancing. We're like, yeah, what you got? What you got? So we're like having a dance battle at this traffic light. Eventually, the light turns from red to green. And we start turning, but we don't stop dancing, right? So Mallory's driving her car next to us, and she's dancing, and like all the girls are having a good time looking at us, like maintaining eye contact. I'm like, what? Okay, keep your eye on the road. And she's getting closer and closer to our lane as she continues dancing, and we get closer and closer to the shoulder of the road, and they quickly start screaming because they realize they're about to hit us, and we're screaming, and they were just like, ah, like freaking out. And we were screaming like, little girls as well. So it was just really scary. And we became, we, we were probably like three to four inches away from getting in a car accident. And, you know, thankfully, I went through counseling with Pastor Bob, and I was able to forgive my wife <laughs> yesterday. So it was great. You know, I had to figure out how to forgive her quickly before I started preaching this. But um, it was, it was a, uh, it could have been a really bad situation that went down. And Thankfully, we were able to arrive to school. We went to homecoming dance. It was great. We had a good time. And we were thankful that everything worked out. But, you know, this is a silly story. But the reason why I tell it is sometimes we can be thankful for the outcome, but we forget to thank the person that brought the outcome. And I think sometimes we can identify, identify ourselves with the nine in this story that you know, they were healed as they went to see the priests, but they didn't turn around and thank God. They just kept walking. And what happened, I think, there is that they got excited that they were healed and they were thankful for the outcome, but they forgot the source that brought that breakthrough, that brought that healing. Do you hear me this morning? So sometimes in life, we can be thankful for what happened, you know, something went well in life, the circumstance went well, but we forget to turn to God sometimes and thank him for the provision, 
for the blessing, for the favor, for the breakthrough that happened in our lives. And, you know, I think that we can celebrate the outcome, but we, if we get into that rhythm of turning back and looking at God and thanking him for how things have gone, the better off we're gonna be. Our life is gonna change as we grow in gratitude this morning. And I, I really wanted to just read the definition of thanksgiving, if that's okay. So we're talking about giving thanks, and, and thanksgiving is the act of offering thanks or being thankful usually to God, often connected to provision, deliverance, or God's character, commonly associated in scripture with meals and worship, or, I love this, gratitude directed towards God. Straightforward. And why do we give it? Because praise and worship is not possible without thanksgiving. We can't sing out to God without attaching our thanksgiving to that moment and sing our thanks to God. Life is a gift from him. So at the very base level, we can praise from that moment and from that thought. Without thankfulness to God, we focus on what we do not have instead of what we do have. And when we do that, we quickly covet what other people have and that can grow to, into resentment or envy or jealousy. But what if we actually focus that energy on giving thanks to God instead? And once we start that process, we realize that God is blessing us, he has blessed us, and he will continue to, to be the same yesterday, today, and forever because he's faithful, but he's worthy of all of our praise. It's due to his name. So that's another reason why we give thanks. All honor, glory, and praise goes to his name. So this morning, I wanted to give us three truths about thanksgiving that we can all benefit from. Is that okay if I do that this morning? If you're writing notes, you can write this thing, this, this first thought down. It's giving thanks is a choice. Giving thanks is a choice. So being thankful is something that we choose to engage in and it's for our everyday. But the biggest thing is that Thanksgiving, yes, it's a holiday at the end of this month, but Thanksgiving is not an event, it's a lifestyle. So Thanksgiving is actually a lifestyle that we live out, it's an attitude that we choose to engage in. Luke 17, verse 15, we see that only one out of the 10 lepers decided to turn back and actually thank God for the healing. So as the Samaritan was walking, he saw that he was healed, he knew what he needed to do, he turned around to thank Jesus. First, he had to step out in obedience, which they all did. But what he did differently than all the others was extend gratitude to God. He chose praise. The Samaritan in the story understood that attitude of thankfulness and praise. He understood the importance of having a thankful heart and why it was necessary to thank God. I truly believe the more that we can take after the example of the Samaritan, the more our lives are actually gonna change and be different. So I'm gonna go pastoral for just a minute. Some of you guys might be thinking, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not negative. Um, you know, I'm just being realistic in life. I'm just being realistic about a circumstance or a situation that I'm in or that I'm facing. And I hear your heart. 
you're like being realistic about the situation in order to maintain expectations. I see why you would do that, but I just want to encourage you that if we use that as a first response, it can quickly flow into a negative mindset. Like I'm just being realistic. I'm just looking at it at face value. Okay, but what if we focus our energy on the ways that God has moved and how God is going to move? Because once we fix our focus on that, that is a way better source of our energy. We can be thankful through everything. And it's a choice that we take. I'd love for you to write this down. So giving God thanks in everything is not an ignorance to the difficult situations. It's choosing to focus on the one who's working through them. I'm going to say it again. So giving God thanks in everything is not an ignorance to the difficult situations that we face in life. It's choosing to focus on the one who's working through them. We continually bounce our eyes upward. That's where our health comes from. We don't look at the problem. We look at a person, and the person is Jesus. So we don't have to worry about, you know, in his word, it talks about how, you know, in this world, we're going to have trouble. It's a guarantee, right? We're going to have trouble. You may have peace at times, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. So it's not about what we're going through. It's about who's with us in the circumstance, in the trial, in the hardship that really matters. And that's what we can focus on. And through that process, as we're leaning on him, as we're crying out to him, as we're thanking him, we're going to grow in perseverance. We're going to get better. We will have no choice but to get better as we thank him and trust him. But we have to choose thanksgiving. That gratitude will lead to positivity after a while as we get in that rhythm and as we remember of all that God has done in our lives and how he's moving in every situation, thankfulness and positivity are closely linked together. So take yourself out of a thought pattern that isn't healthy and focus on words of gratitude. An important question to ask is, how do we do that from a spiritual aspect, right? Philippians 4 is a passage that I thought of immediately and, and God reminded me of it. And I wanted to read some of this to you because I believe that this answers the question. So Philippians 4, starting in verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. That's a word for us today. But in everything, everybody say everything. everything. By prayer and supplication with what? With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But wait, there's more. It's great. It gets even better. So finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So he's saying, listen, when you attach your thankfulness to your prayers, you know, when you thank God before the breakthrough and when you thank him for all of the breakthrough that's already come about in your life and you pray, which is simply talking to God, when you attach thankfulness to your prayers, we experience his peace. 
and it will guard your hearts and minds. So make your requests known to God, but attach your thankfulness to your prayers. And then here's the, the thought process that he's encouraging everyone in. He goes, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, whatever is worthy of praise, think of these things. So anytime we go through a situation, we are tempted to think of what isn't going right. Can I encourage you, there's always more things going right than more things that are going wrong. There's always something to be thankful for because God is involved in our lives and he loves us. He has a plan and a purpose for our lives, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, but to give us a hope and future. Is anyone thankful for that this morning in church? He's a faithful father and he loves you. He's not going to leave you abandoned. He comes in. He doesn't forsake us. But thanksgiving is a choice. My second point this morning, if you're taking notes, giving thanks produces joy. So yes, it's a choice, but thankfulness produces joy. It's a beautiful byproduct. So hear me out. I, I really don't want anyone in this room to be happy. I'm really glad no one left the service after I said that because I'm not finished with that statement. So I don't want to be happy. I don't want you to be happy. I want us to experience joy because joy is way different. Happiness is a fleeting feeling, an emotion. It comes and goes depending on the situations and circumstances we're going through in life. But joy is a fruit of the spirit. It's long lasting. It's eternal. And we can lean into the joy of the Lord, and it, it, it is our strength. So we can actually operate in a place of knowing that as we extend our thanksgiving to God, it produces joy. You can't help but be joyful when you thank God, because he is moving in every single detail of our lives. So we see that the Samaritan in this story, he had so much joy, and he thanked Jesus. He's the only one out of the 10 that went back. In Luke 17, starting verse 15, just want to revisit this. It says, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. So you know what he didn't do? He didn't do this. What's up, Jesus? Good to see you, bro. Um, yo, so I was on my way to the priests over here to kind of get checked out. Um, on my way, I realized that I didn't have any more scars or ulcers or wounds on my body, and I turned back over here, and I just wanted to let you know, like, I see you, dog. <laughs> Appreciate. He didn't do that, right? He yelled with a loud voice and worshiped Jesus, and he thanked him, and he went down, he laid his face at his feet, and he worshiped Jesus, and there was joy in his heart. So he wasn't casual about it. He was thankful and grateful, and it produced joy in his heart. I just wanted to read this study that I, I read earlier um, in the week, it was a study from Harvard, and there's a couple psychologists that made um, a study, and, and they were going through the topic of gratitude. And I wanted to read a little bit of this, because I, I think this is pretty cool. Um, 
So they gathered a whole bunch of people. One group wrote about things they were thankful for, grateful for, that had occurred during the week. A second group wrote about daily irritations or things that had displeased them. And the third wrote about events that had affected them with no emphasis on them being positive or negative. And they did this for 10 weeks. So after 10 weeks, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic, felt better about their lives, and surprisingly, they also exercised more, hallelujah, and had fewer visits to the doctors than those who focused on sources of aggravation. So this is pretty amazing. So not only does gratitude help us mentally, but it actually helps us holistically. It helps us with our physical being as well. So this is the practical aspect, but the spiritual aspect is when we apply Philippians 4 to this truth, and that produces joy because once you start thinking of all the things that are worthy of praise, your heart changes. It produces joy because you're taking your eyes off yourself and you're putting your eyes on the one that provided the breakthrough in the first place, and that produces joy in our hearts. So 1 Thessalonians 5 Start in verse 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in some, no, nope. in once in a while, no, nope. give thanks in all circumstances. Yeah. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we can actually write down thank you cards no matter what the situation looks like. And we can rejoice. And that ushers in joy, that ushers in positivity. You know, when I think of a thankful heart, and I think of uh, a th- you know, thankful prayers that are given to God, I think of CVS. And I know that's really weird to, to hear. I think of CVS because every time I go, say I'm going to get uh, Q-tips, that was the first thing I thought of, and I go to the self-checkout line, I don't just get a receipt, I get like a receipt. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Especially, like, if you have the CVS card, you're going to get, like, all those coupons that your grandma wants. And I was looking at that receipt, and I was reminded of thankfulness recently. And I have a receipt with me. I have a CVS receipt with me. And the beautiful thing about this is once you start thanking God, it's contagious, but it's also continuous, So once you start thanking God, it just keeps going and going. There's more reasons to be thankful. Come on, somebody. And and you find more than there's one reason to thank God. We're still going. Hallelujah. Okay. And then it's a bit obnoxious. I don't know how they afford the paper. But then you get to thank God and you dance around with it. It's great. You know, I'm going to give this to you, Kes. Just hold on to that for me, bro. Don't use them, though. I want to use them later. Thanks. Um, So the point that I'm trying to make there is once you start, it just keeps going and going. It's like a a snowball effect. Once you start thanking God, you know, thank you, Lord, for my family. We could start just basic. If you're having trouble, here's, here's a hint or here's a clue on how you can start. Just start at the basics. Okay, God, thank you for my family. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for a roof over my head. Thank you for this meal that I'm about to eat. Thank you that I actually have friends that care about me in life. Thank you, Lord, for providing amazing pastors in my life to pour into me. You know, once you start that, you find that the list keeps going. 
on and on and on. And it's a beautiful process that we can actually go through. So giving thanks produces joy. And then finally, as the band comes back up, my third point is giving thanks. It actually leads to restoration. So giving thanks leads to restoration. We see that in this story. We see that not only the Samaritan was healed, but the other nine were healed as well. But I think the most significant part about this is when the Samaritan comes back to Jesus, starting in verse 17. I wanna read this to us one more time. It said, then Jesus answered, we're not 10 cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. What's beautiful about this is that word, when we translate it to the original Greek, well actually translates to sozo. And sozo, we've heard about sozo in church, but sozo means to save or to deliver. So not only was he healed in his body, but he actually in this moment received total restoration. We see that, you know, especially when sozo is mentioned, mentioned in the New Testament, this word sozo is related to deliverance from physical death or sin. So in this moment, he wasn't just healed in his body, he was healed his soul as well. So again, it was a whole, a holistic restoration. He received salvation in this moment. And this morning, I'd love for all of us just to stand and you know, think about how we can engage in thanksgiving because of what God did for us. You know, God expressed his love to us by sending his son. And we get to express our love back to God as we respond to that love and say yes to him. And it's beautiful because we get a total restoration in that process. And that's what Thanksgiving is. It's giving our thanks to God, expressing our love to him. But I wanna just talk about real quickly the symptoms of leprosy and how serious it was and how big of a deal it was that this man was saved. Because leprosy would result in really white pale skin and weight loss, nerve damage. There were ulcers and wounds all over their bodies that they couldn't really feel fully. And there was one person I was reading, uh, a Bible scholar, and he said that it was as if someone that had leprosy was um, living dead. So they were like the walking dead. Couldn't feel anything. The only thing they could feel is that they were excommunicated from society. They couldn't hold a job. They couldn't have their friends or family around. They were alone, unless they were with other lepers. I think about how the Samaritan, he was unclean. And the requirement as a leper you know, whenever they saw someone else walk by them, they were required to yell, unclean, unclean, to let other people know what they were. And more I think about the lepers, the more I think about us and how we needed cleansing. 
that we were unclean before we said yes to Jesus, before we had that conversation and accepted Jesus as Lord and identified him as Savior, we were unclean, but that moment we said yes, we were cleansed. And what that Samaritan went through is what we went through. We received total restoration. And it started with thanksgiving, giving our thanks to God and identifying that we don't have to do life alone, that we can do it in relationship with him and everything comes from him in the first place. So maybe you're in this place this morning and you're identifying with the fact that you might need to reestablish your thanksgiving to God. Maybe you've never really extended gratitude to God and you wanna activate that today. I would love to pray for you in this moment before we worship. So with every head bowed, eye closed in this place, Jesus, we just thank you for this time that we have together. But Lord, for those that are in the room that are having a hard time making that choice to, to choose gratitude, Lord, I pray that you would encourage them, that you would support them Holy Spirit, that you would help them through that process. And that not only would they recognize the choice, but they would receive joy in that process, that it would produce joy and gladness in their heart as they reestablish their gratitude towards you. I pray that that gratitude would grow in their hearts. And for those that might need to activate this for the very first time, would you just guide them? Would you counsel them through that process? Would you put people in their worlds to help them realize that there are more things to be thankful for than there are not to be thankful for? And we just praise you, Jesus, for this time. We pray that you bless your people in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't we just sing to them? Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you, why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.